take me right back to the trap. Jack, choo-choo. Batter up, hear that call. The time has come for one and all to listen to the A League of Their Own Recap Podcast. I'm your host, Carolyn Bergier. You know, there are so many things to love about this show. The characters, the stories, the baseball, the makeouts, the writing, the directing, the makeouts, and how about all of the clothing they wear while making out? Okay, but seriously, I love the wardrobe choices on this show so much, and I wanted to do an episode all about the costume design. And for that, we have the very accomplished costume designer from A League of Their Own. Let's head on into the locker room with Tracy Gigi Field. Tracy, thank you so much for joining me on this A League of Their Own recap podcast. And we're not recapping in an episode today. We are recapping all of the amazing costume work on this show. So many people are talking about it. There are some outfits that come on screen and I gasp. It's just so beautiful and so great for the show. And I... I have so many questions. I can't wait to dive into it. <laughs> well, I'm excited to be here. And um, I do love talking about clothes, especially the clothes on the show. Uh, so, yeah, let's talk about some vintage clothing. Well, first, I want to know a little bit more about what was your journey to becoming a costume designer as a career choice? My journey to become a costume designer basically was um, I went to fashion school in downtown LA, I went to fit them. And I just really wanted to know where the actors got their clothes. So after I graduated fit I was working in retail and everyone who came to shop uh, shows, I would ask them how they got started. And I asked enough people and someone interviewed me to be a costume PA on Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I'm sure I'm dating myself right now. Oh show. my and- gosh. <laughs> And ah. here I am. I like started as a costume PA and worked my way up. Was there something as a kid that you remember, like a certain movie that you were watching and you're like, wow, this is so cool. I think the thing that triggered me the most about even being into clothing is that I was like uh, seven or eight and I went to a birthday party and a girl had on the same dress as I did. And I was like mortified. And I was like, I never ah. wanted that to happen ever again in life. Seriously. So um, when I got to an age where I could actually purchase my own clothes, I started wearing vintage clothes. And my mom was like, oh, you want to wear someone else's old clothes? Blah, blah. And I was like, nobody has it. I, it's just me. And she was like, okay. Yeah. I mean, she was not into it at all. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that story. Well, that plays well for this show. I mean, (laughs) your previous work, I was reading through the shows you worked on and so many great shows like uh, Dead to Me, (laughs) the movie Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar. I mean, the culottes, that's that's like a plot point. The costume is a plot point of Mm -hmm. the movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Comeback, which is one of my favorite shows of all time. Uh, Two Broke Girls. Also, I have to mention a little connection here. The After Party with Alana Glazer. I love Alana. She is so great. Yeah. So Um, you've dressed both broads of Broad City. Yes. Um, And, you know, Alana was really uh, very kind. She actually uh, called Abby and told her that she should hire me. And I had no idea that that even happened. And then I think Abby told me that like later on. And I was like, what? And so then, of course, I had to like call Alana. And I was like, thank you so much for like putting in a good word for me. I didn't even know you did that. So it was really rad. Yeah, it's very, uh, very complimentary. Amazing. I was kind of wondering if maybe that there was a, a connection there, but that's great. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of like sort of serendipitous. Um, I did not do the pilot. And so when they were looking for someone to do the other seven episodes, um, the one of the producers had put my name in, a producer on the after party. And then I guess Alana had called. And then there was one other person I'm blinking right now. So it was like sort of just like serendipitous that all these people were like, she should do this job. And so when yeah. I actually got the job, I was so excited because... I really, really wanted to do it. Like, I was so passionate about, like, 
the stories and the facts. Like, I really was interested in like the backstories, you know, because, you know, you gloss over things sometimes and it's just like, oh, it's like all these girls playing baseball. But then, you know, those girls, those ladies are like real people with like real lives and real backstories. And once I actually got into the scripts, I was just like, this is like amazing. I like have to be a part of Yes. You know, I, I don't think about that too much, how when pilots are filmed, they're filmed so much further in advance, usually than the rest of the the series, especially for, I mean, something that's trying to get sold in and whatnot. And then a lot of people, while it's in that limbo space, they move on to, to other jobs and things shift and things change. So uh, that's good to know for my future questions, because I do have some <laughs> things about the the pilot that I'm sure you can speak to. Mostly it's just Greta's uh, satin baseball <laughs> warm-up suit that she wears to tryouts because I'm obsessed, but we'll get to that. We'll get to all okay. of that. Okay. What is your relationship to the 1992 movie? Had you seen it? Had you been a fan of it? My relationship to the original film is um, I loved it. I mean, it was something I watched as, as a kid and I you know, watched as an adult. And I cry every time. It makes you yep. feel all the feels. You know, it's just like one of those emotional, like, feely, feely movies. And like, you know, you can never go wrong when you watch it. So anytime it comes on, I watch it. So, yeah, I love the original movie. And uh, and so that also made me want to do the series. So as a costume designer, when you're watching, was there anything in looking back at the movie thinking, oh, I like what they did here, or this is how I want to take it to a new place for the show? Um, I mean, as a costume designer, I think that you are influenced by a multitude of things, you know? Sometimes it's like, uh, you know, street fashion, and sometimes it's a piece of art, and sometimes it's like, you know, something your grandmother wore, at your your at, at Christmas. I mean, you know, it's just like some things just get cataloged. As far as this goes, though, I mean, obviously I watched the movie again uh, before I started the series and I wanted it to be uh, a little more in depth than the film was. You know, like I really wanted to live like 1943 as authentically as possible. And not to say that the movie didn't, it just was like, it was more of a hit to 1943 and like, you know, so I just really wanted to make sure that what I was portraying on screen was as accurate as possible. So that was like where I was coming from in general. And we, uh, we had over 2000 pages of like, um, reference and research and like, I bet it was just, and it was interesting, you know, I know I'm going down a path and I'll try to make it fast, but like, you know, it, you look at this reference and like, I was like getting goosebumps and like, you know, I was just really inspired by um, how women wore clothes and how people wore clothes in in general. And also like the African-American community versus like, you know, the, uh, the white community. So I just really wanted to get it right. Quote, 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 right. You know what I mean? As in, yeah. like, I wanted people to feel real. I mean, that's the great thing about this show existing because, you know, A League of Their Own, my favorite movie of all time, it being made into into a TV series, you're a little bit nervous of like, oh, what are they going to do with it? But really, I mean, for me, it was the best thing because it was really just like taking a deeper dive into this world, poking around the history more, opening up into these new stories that you just can't cover in a in a single movie so therefore in terms of like the costume you know we're seeing a lot more of these characters we're seeing them for eight episodes hopefully we're seeing them for many more seasons uh of episodes so that all has to be thought out in terms of like what's the the evolution of their fashion how are they influenced when they come from you know not a farm in idaho uh to (laughs) playing um baseball with a a bunch of women how are they influencing each other and uh it's got to be fascinating I mean I have to imagine that you probably have one of the most challenging but also one of the most fun jobs in this production when you think of all of the costumes and the fact that it's rooted in history and that you're trying to draw from what was really going on at the time 
we're seeing everybody in the factory, in the salon, um, the uniforms for all the different teams and different leagues, not just the the women's baseball, tryouts, their day-to-day wear, pajamas, parties, church, and you have to dress them for all of those occasions. Yes. I'm not going to say that it's not a challenge because, you know, clearly, (laughs) clearly it is. Yeah. So, you know, I just think that like taking each character and like really sitting down with who that character is and what their, what the arc is and how you want to visually like have a visual storytelling of that character, you know, because the closer show important is so indicative of like what's happening with this person. And like, you know, I, it was just important that, you know, we showcase that. So basically I sat down with every character. I kind of thought about color palette, color palette, what this person was like, uh, where they came from, where they're going. And so when I started to fit the um, actors, they were all so excited about each character, like their character, just because like we would talk about where this character came from, where this character was rooted, where this character was going, how this character was feeling. And so, you know, it really helps the actors feel more in character when they feel comfortable in the clothes that they're wearing, that it feels right, that it feels like the character. So for me, that's like, the moment where I know that I got it right, when the actor's like, yeah, this fe- this feels just like, you know, like whatever the character's name is. So, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and in all those different scenarios that you have to dress them for, do you also think about what they would wear in things that aren't necessarily in the script? Like, what does a, a day at the beach look like for the Rockford Peaches? Yeah, I mean, I think that's part of, like, character building. Um, I didn't necessarily go to the beach in my mind, but I was like, oh, everyone has to have, like, pajamas, whether they're going to be in pajamas or not. And everyone has to have, like, an at-home look, whether we see them at home or not. And it's like they also have to have, like, a lady look for, like, you know, being out in public. And so I just wanted it to be well-rounded and to make sure that all the pieces worked for that person. Like, there wasn't, like, uh, a piece of clothing that didn't feel right. Um, and yeah. in terms of the uniforms, I mean, uh, just across the board with the uniforms, again, lots of reference, lots of building things from, I mean, they're all built from scratch, basically. And it's finding the right fabric, finding the right vintage buttons, find, you know, just like trying to get everything exactly to be authentic was, um, it, was uh, it took a lot. But I just feel like I have to say, like, my team. And I are so proud of how beautiful everything looks, like every detail. We tried really hard. Yeah. So I feel like that comes across um, on the screen. It sure does. I mean, I wasn't even thinking about trying to find materials and fabrics that would have been used back then that are harder to come by today. I read something that uh, that your team had to call 20 different vendors to try to source like the right kind of cotton for the uniforms. That is very true. And my assistant costume designer, Rochelle, happened to, she was going to meet a vendor downtown. That vendor wasn't there. She was on the phone with them being like, where are you? Like you said, you had this. And another vendor, like a door down, heard her say what she was looking for. And he was like, I think I have that. And that ended up being the place that we found the the right fabric. And I like, it's, that's when you know, like, the costume goddesses are looking down on you and just kind of like, you know, helping you out. So, and again, the dye process, just trying to make sure that the dyes are like the right color of the time. Like, you know, we went through so many different dye baths just to get it right. And I love the fact that the, you know, we have Negro teams because I'm mixed, you know, I'm biracial. And so it was so important to me to be able to, to tell the uh, African-American storyline as authentically as possible as well. Like yeah. I was just, you don't get to see that so often on TV. And so I was just like, that was just so important. So I wanted to make sure that that was as accurate as possible as well. Who was your favorite character uh, to design for? And you can say a few, it doesn't have to be one. <laughs> I mean, I have quite a few favorites and not to say that they're not all my favorites just because I think each one is really special and very individualized um I love plants uh Demi was just like a dream to dress she has like a great you know uh luxurious figure and 
um, she she was like my quirky gal, you know. And it was like I was able to like mix prints. Um, there's a I made a you know a bunch of custom made dresses for her, and we could do pops of color. She had like interesting accessories like little bird earrings, and I ended up making a dress that the fabric kind of looks like a comic strip, and so that's like you know part of her character. So I just thought that was really cool. Obviously, Greta. I mean, you know, she has <laughs> such stylized clothing and she just wears those jewel tones like no one else. And Darcy, her figure is made for the 1940s. It's those beautiful shoulders that come into that tiny waist and then, you know, the bottom just kind of flares out just a bit. And she just looks amazing. And then, of course, you know, there's Max, who, you know, I just feel like she had such a great arc. Like, she started off trying to be what she was, quote, unquote, supposed to be. And she really, like, found herself and moved into, like, these great, like, pantsuits. And, you know, I just, and you can tell, like, even through some of the dialogue where she's just like, yeah, this is how I want it to wear. It. And it's just like, yeah. I, I, so that just, you know, makes me, uh makes me feel so so uh excited when that kind of happens um and then i know i'm almost done i swear i'm almost done kelly who plays jess she was just so yes. into her clothes like it was her fitting was just so fun because we like really got into like backstory and character and you know she always has her baseball cap it's like signifies like you know who she is and her outfit for the um the bar scene that was what we referred to as her thirst trap outfit because she looks so oh, yeah. hot in it, you know? So oh, yeah. it's just, now it's, I mean, it's the thirst trap, fuck boy. Yes, yes exactly. We know exactly who exactly. Jess is. <laughs> so, you know, it's just like, I mean, and like, listen, Roberta, Lupe, like just that like Latina flair where like, you know, the cool like printed shirts and just kind of just the way she wears clothes it's just like yeah you know and I could keep going I mean obviously like you know Abby's storyline Carson again starting off a little softer and then moving into like not so soft and like uh just kind of like empowering herself and finding herself so I mean I, I like them all <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh wait uh, wait one more and then I'll stop oh yeah, yeah. okay um, Keep going. Okay. So Gracie and Birdie, right? Those, yes. That, them as a couple, they kind yes. of like played off of each other. Like if one had on red, like Birdie in the suit, then, uh, you know, Gracie had a little pop of red on her black dress. And like, you know, I just think that like they kind of were like uh, symbiotic. Like they just kind of played off of each other. But I really enjoyed helping to bring Birdie to life just because, you know, being trans and at that point in, in, in time was like obviously not, you know, necessarily the quote unquote norm, but like it was just like an interesting journey to go down in order to like figure out what was right and what felt right. And right. me who plays um, Birdie was into like all of the cool suits and all of the like extra accessories. And the most important thing I find with um, building like trans characters is you know, I start with the foundation, like what feels best, like undergarments and like things that like really make you feel how you mm. feel inside. And then we build from that. And that's what we did. And I was actually able to find bindings that existed in our catalog from that time period, but they were called something else. I mean, there was different names for them. One of them was actually like, quote, like a, a, a nursing bra. And like, you're like a nursing oh. bra that is a binder, but that's, I mean, that's what it was. And so it would bind, it wow. would bind. So it's just interesting, like the things you find out w about like what people were doing when you go down the research hole. Yeah. That's interesting about the undergarments. Cause that's something that I haven't thought about too. Um, because I know that we see like the, the bras of some of the players and it's definitely bras from <laughs> that period of time. Uh, clearly Victoria's secret is not selling those right now. And, uh, even down to the, the underwear that everyone's wearing, is that all in character too then? Uh, if you're going to see it, yes, but yes, um, the bras are like, they definitely wear, uh, the period bras with every outfit just because it, yeah. it provides a certain shape 
that is not for sure not a uh, contemporary shape. So yeah, you know, the clothes just you know they fit better and they lay better because they're made for that time period with those types of undergarments. You know. Yeah, and now that I think about it, were there sports bras? They were not. Sports bras were not inv- were not invented until the mid seventies. Wow. Again, another tidbit I didn't know, but I've done all the research. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. And when you're talking about just to one thing, I don't know how often that this happens, but a lot of times in the locker room, Jess is the one whose uniform is hanging half off. It's like she doesn't want to put on the skirted uniform until the last possible second. She's going to hold on <laughs> to her style. Uh, and I think that's a lot of fun. Yeah, that is um, very perceptive of you. Yes. It means, <laughs> you know, again, like I said, Kelly is just like so into um, the backstory of Jess and she's so anti-dresses. So that, yeah. you know, uh, putting on the uniform, she's always like, Ugh, but she wanted to play ball. And so she knew in order to play ball, she had to wear the uniform, but she's not going to put it on until she absolutely has to. Yeah, <laughs> man. Every every writer from the show that I've talked to talks about how into the background uh, Kelly has gotten. And I hope one day I get to, to talk and we get more of that out because oh. I'm just fascinated. Everybody seems so into Jess and with good reason. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She just has a whole catalog of who that character is. And it's amazing <laughs> because it helps you, you know, just as a yeah. creative person to see things how she sees things and to also collaborate. Yeah. Um, And you mentioned uh, some of the patterns that have been used. It seemed like in the show, I I love patterns. I'm a pattern person. There were so many great patterns in the show. Can you tell me a little bit more about patterns at that time? What what they were doing? What was going on with them? Um, So polka dots, but polka dots were bigger. There was a repetitive prints, obviously square prints. Um, there was like some very cool, like what we refer to as retro prints, but of that time they were like, um, the patterns are very repetitive, you know, where, yeah. yeah, it's just, and one of the things that I ran into with, uh, trying to a source fabric from the forties and B trying to be authentic was like a lot of the patterns were very small. And so uh, that's kind of hard to see on camera. And also it kind of makes the camera do weird things sometimes. So, you know, I kind of had to find patterns that, I'm sorry, uh, fabrics that felt very 40s, but maybe weren't exactly right. So, um, Yeah. yeah, again, that was like a little bit of a challenge, but I feel like we accomplished that. Yeah. Is there anything... Uh, about the work that you do on a show like this that maybe people don't realize, like aside from the the research and stuff, what what's something about your job that most people don't think about? I think the, the thing that people don't think about the most is the background. You know, there's so many background players that actually like set the tone in the atmosphere Mm. and like all the life behind what the actors are doing. Um, You know, most days we had 200 background and every background person is dressed from head to toe. And granted, I have a big team, but I'm also extremely Uh, hands-on. I'm sure that some of my team would probably say maybe a little too much, but uh, <laughs> um, it's just because I care. It comes from like a place of like just really wanting to overachieve, overachieve and just caring so much. But sure. yeah, I mean, I look at every single background person. So I, I, I just, you know, I think that people don't realize how much work actually goes into the background. Players. Yeah. Is it a relief sometimes when you have a character that is always in the same outfit, like Charlie or uh, Beverly is always wearing a similar thing? Is it nice to have that in the mix? Sure. I mean, it's nice to have that in the mix. I mean, granted, you know, we have like uh, 10 ladies who are are all our leading ladies. So it's a big cast. And I have multiple changes (laughs) that you're trying to like keep 
very individualized and make sure that yeah. they're like, you know, visual storytelling is happening. So yes, when you get that character that's just in that uniform, you're like, woohoo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But they're great ones. Yeah, I I love the the costuming for uh, Beverly specifically. I think it just really does a great job of like setting setting the mood. Um, yeah, she's an okay. instant, instant read. We did change her right. blouse almost every time, so that was yeah. like the thing where we could show what's a different day or passage of time. Right, that was her one little thing. <laughs> So the pilot, you weren't involved with that, um, but it's such a, a critical thing for introducing each character when you see them for the first time, what they're wearing. I mean, uh, at Carson, Abby's character, you know, her bra's coming out of her shirt. She's running for for the train. Um, again, Greta in that satin outfit, you know, she's high femme. She's going to ace charm school, all of that. What was that like for you coming in and kind of picking up from that starting point? Well, this is the first time in my career that I've done that. Like I've never, um, usually I do the pilot and then I do the show. So, uh, it uh, it was an interesting transition, I guess. Like, you know, you look at where the characters are in the pilot and um, you that's like the starting ground. And then, you know, usually there's some sort of arc that's happening. So I just, right. um, you know, I started with what was given to me and then I kind of just went on and just kind of, uh, you know, the clothes kind of developed with how the character was developing. This is a question you absolutely do not have to answer, but is there anything you would have done differently in the pilot in uh, terms of costuming? Uh, you don't have to answer that. I mean, I think that everyone looks at stuff and they're like, oh, that's an interesting choice. But I mean, I think that the pilot is really well done. And um, and I think almost everything plays exactly how it's supposed to. So, you know, yeah. I, I think it's what it's supposed to be. Great. Well, we have a politician here. Look at that. Run for uh, office. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I try to be very diplomatic. Um, it's working. Yes. No, that, that's fair. I mean, I didn't think that anything in the pilot uh, as, a, as a casual observer uh, was amiss or anything, but just always curious. Um, episode two is a big episode in terms of costumes for me because we have one, the peaches uniforms. We see them in the full uniform for the, the first time, um, which you've already given some good background um, to that. But those are basically, are, are they exact replicas or is there anything that had to be made different for the purpose of the show? So basically we had a uniform that we borrowed from um, museum. So we had, you know, what it was supposed to look like. We basically, um, we just reproduce that essentially. The fabric we used was a cotton fabric, just like you know what they used then. I our fabric had a little bit more stretch in it, just so that the girls could play ball. Um, yeah, and nothing would tear or rip. Um, and then, as far as like, um, I mean, there's two things that I think that I did that you know. Uh, one is I put a uh, like a jersey mesh into the shorts, uh, just to help with like sweat. You know, and right. in a way, sweat, which is like, you know, no one would know that either way. And then uh, we had to reproduce the cleats because those don't exist <sighs> anymore, really. And the ones that do are very painful to wear. Um, yeah. So Oof. a friend of mine, uh, a another costume person named David, he uh, introduced me to Siam Costumes, which they are based in Thailand. But they oh, wow. made the most beautiful replica cleats um, of the time period. And that is, uh, that's what our girls wear. Wow. And and how many sets of the uniforms are there? Is there one for like clean shots and then one for, for playing? Funny, you should mention that. So first, in, first off, they have two uniforms, right? They have their practice uniforms, which are the bright white. Oh, okay. Which you'll see in uh, one of the later episodes. And then you, yep. oh, yeah. And then um, they have the peaches. And so that Dusty Rose uniform, we have uh, 
two or three for each of our girls. Um, and yes, there's one that's kind of dirty that they like slide in and, you know, play right. ball in. And then there's a one that, so that's the dirtiest. And then there's kind of like a middle ground. And then there's one we keep in pristine because, you know, right. what if we need a thing? And then, you know, some of the girls have stunt doubles. So then those stunt doubles have two. So they have a clean one and then they have a dirty one. And then uh, we have background peaches who also have two uniforms each. And then, you know, it's just like uh, we made some extras because you never know. Wow. <laughs> and then, of course, we had to make the three other teams, uh, you know, the right. socks, the comets and um, the bells. Racine bells. Yeah. yeah. And so um, we had so many of those because we didn't know who, were, who was going to play on those particular teams. So we just had right. to have so many made so that once we actually got the people who were going to play ball, we'd have a range to choose from to fit them in. Wow. Yeah. Oh, man. Ladder works. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine the size of the warehouse needed to, to fit all these costumes. Um, okay, the next big thing is Clance is having her party, and there's this mention multiple times of the periwinkle dress that she's supposed to wear, and we never get to see it. What would it have looked like? <laughs> Um, I, I would imagine it would be something that uh, Lena Horne would have worn because that was who she was really trying to um, model herself after. At, at the time. Right, right. Amazing. Well, I mean, the dress that uh, Guy picks out for her is just stunning on her, which leads me to another choice that one of my favorites of the of the season is Max's yellow dress. Yes. Um, so that is a custom build. Um, I, I saw this pattern of, um, a wrap dress from forties and I just loved it so much. And, you know, we're kind of playing it like plants, let her borrow a dress. So a wrap dress kind of plays like, you know, you can, the sizing on a wrap dress can go is, is very varied. So that is where the, um, the idea stemmed from. Um, and, you know, I also saw these beautiful bows on like some other dress from the forties. And then I saw, and so I was just kind of inspired by all these things. And, um, David, who I mentioned, who, uh, recommended, uh, Siam, he, uh, he built that dress for me. I, um, wow. had, um, uh, an illustration done of how I wanted it to look. And um, David made it come to life based off of uh, all of my thoughts. So that was a custom build. And so was the periwinkle dress. I found that fabric randomly and I just fell in love with it. It was such like the perfect tone for, sorry, not the periwinkle dress you're talking about. But the, the, the replacement. Yeah, yeah. That, that she did end up wearing <laughs> with the print. Yeah. Um, to before earlier in the day when she was at the fish market. That was also a custom build uh, for plants. So you know, there's quite a few things in there that I got to make from scratch. And, uh, um, yeah, I mean, and also the red dress that uh, plants ends up wearing to the uh, housewarming. That was also a custom built. Yeah. So good. It's so interesting for Max, too, because there's so much going on with Max and the Max versus Maxine of it all that she has to be able to slide into this kind of Maxine persona for Gary sometimes, uh, when she's trying to get something from him. Right. right. And then but mostly <laughs> for, for her mom, Tony. You know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And she's able to, to pull it off so well, but it's so great to see that evolution, uh, the influence of, um, Bertie, Bert, uh, in her life. And then by the end and episode eight, when she's leaving for the train, she's wearing like oversized men's clothing and kind of like really, you know, it, it's almost like we leave her in a period where she's like experimenting right. with style. And she's really going from just kind of being more of a little bit of a tomboy, let's say earlier on and wearing like the baseball clothes and stuff like that to being like, no, I want to, maybe be a gentleman, you know, that's exactly the arc that we were were going for. Um, you know, it's kind of like she's being Maxine, which she has to be. And then 
the tomboy, which I kind of refer to as like the gray area, you know, she's just kind of like, yeah. it's a combination of the two a little bit. And then, yeah. um, and then by the end, you know, she goes to Birdie's party and she's in that suit that we made her. And that's the first uh, inclination of like her really like starting to feel herself, you know, and feeling comfortable in her skin. And then there you are at the end where she's like in that great pants and she just looks like she looks hot. She's like, you can tell that she has like a swagger and she's like feeling it. Yeah. I also love when she wakes up in the party scene with the cowboy hat. Yeah, that's pretty great, right? I love that. Yeah. Such a good choice. I yeah. love it. And then, you know, episode three, we have the tent revival. So now everyone has to dress for Jesus. Yes, yes. <laughs> so I felt very strongly about that episode. Uh, my grandmother was Catholic and she was, and my grandfather was Baptist. And every Sunday I would end up going to church with one of them. And so I had a very strong uh, connection to this and how, you know, in the African-American community, when you go to church, you got to you look good from like head to toe and everything is yep. together. And like, you know, when I was a kid, my grandmother was like, listen, you're wearing this dress, you're wearing stockings and we're going to church. And you're like, OK, grandma, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I just kind of, uh, you know, reference that from my own feelings and uh I really feel like at the revival, you see like, um, you see the vibe that people have. You feel like the energy of them being like, okay, I got on my Sunday best. And then to contrast Sunday's best, we also have the Screw Factory. Yes. Uh, the factory like, are we in a... Red. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, are, are we in a, no, I was just gonna make a dumb joke. Are we in a screw factory or are we in Bushwick in right. 2021? I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> so I re- and I also was going to say, I mean, listen, contemporary clothing right now, everybody's in these boiler suits. Everyone's in these jumpsuits, like queer Brooklyn chic. Right. Exactly. So, um, I love that that's like something that is actually happening right now, but yeah, I got to play so much in where like, I really tried to like cover the gamut and, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of like denim on denim. There's a denim jumpsuits. There's like pop color with like the shirts. There's like, you know, the scarves tied in the hair. There's like, you know, the civilian caps. Like I just kind of just wanted to play into all of it. And another thing about that is that like, who knew I I had no idea that like, um, black women even did were like Rosie the Riveters. Because when you see that, it's always depicted with a white woman. And so when I saw right. these amazing photos, all these beautiful black women in these uh, in these outfits, I was like, oh, I'm so gonna play all this up. So um, yeah. And then Gracie, who walks in with her fabulous like jumpsuit that nobody else has and her pops of color, like it was just really fun in there. So I'm glad that everybody's really enjoying the factory. <laughs> Yes, yes, for sure. I love those scenes. We also have the date in that episode. So now you're having to dress up Greta for a date and then Carson to chaperone the date and Shirley. Super uncomfortable. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I feel like they all look really pretty there, um, uh, especially Greta. And yeah, I mean, I don't know what to say about that other than like, you know, I feel like we hit it. They look great. Yeah, well, that gets me into the next episode, episode four, and that's where we're seeing uh, Greta and Carson come together a lot. And that's when they're having their their makeout times uh, throughout the episode. And uh, a friend of mine who actually recapped the first episode with me, um, Jess Rothschild, she mentioned that on rewatching, she noticed that there's like a color palette basically with Greta and Carson that it they're always both wearing like greens pinks and reds between the two of them and it is that something that like do couples have color palettes I mean again, my wife and I have a color palette <laughs> yes um I feel like when people start to come together like you kind of like play off of each other you know and it's right. like you uh you know you're kind of becoming one or you are one when you're in a relationship with somebody and so yes like playing off of each other's style or each other's color palette is something that I think just organically happens yeah so you and your wife have to dress like (laughs) well that would be her dream I'm constantly (laughs) 
constantly telling her we cannot both go out with button up shirts on. <laughs> uh, and then actually in the recap for episode two, my guest was commenting on how they feel like uh, Carson in the beginning kind of dresses like a preschool teacher. <laughs> Right. And I kind of love that because it really felt like, yes, that's what it's reminiscent of. Like she's like she's trying to fit this wholesome woman role, but it just comes across like a little bit off. Mm -hmm. That is exactly right. So that's another one of the shittas. Like she feels like she is supposed to be this wife figure. And so she's dressing like what she would consider a wife to wear prim and proper. And then right. I think you start to see that that is unraveling, you know, as the episodes go on, it's like things aren't as put together as they were in the beginning, you know? So yeah. yes, the preschool and being slightly off is, is all accurate. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I want to jump to episode six because This was a huge one between the queer bar scenes and the party. And it's a lot of costuming for queer people dressing in what they hope to be a safe space. In 1943, what was it like looking at and trying to find references for that? So first and foremost, I'd like to say that 106 is my favorite episode, um, mm-hmm. just because I really got to play with, um, with characters and clothes, but mostly just the feelings that you feel in that episode, like you're really afraid Chills. for all of those characters, and you're generally just like frightened about like how people will treat it, you know? So yes, finding reference for that in America, almost non-existent. It's like extremely hard to find. So I actually reference some, um, you know, Europe is always so far ahead of us. Um, so mostly Paris in uh, in the 40s, you know, there were so many drag queens and there were gay bars and it was just a lot more open and free. And so um, I did reference quite a bit from that. Uh, the Victor Victoria, that was my idea. I pitched that to Will. That was a custom I bill. I loved it. The whole, uh. Thank you. The whole story of that is... Derek, who plays that character, was one of my customers. He was in my department, but he also used to be on Broadway. And I was like, will you be this character? And he was like, okay. And his mom was our tailor. So she like, (gasps) we just, you know, I had an illustration done and we just like whipped it up and Derek killed it. It was beautiful. So um, yeah, so that was something out of my mind. Uh, But just like what I felt the most about, you know, like, queer bars and queer life and it was that like for that you know that time was trying to express yourself you know and trying to like find something that you felt comfortable in and just being like free and like who you are instead of like trying to you know when you're not in that safe space trying to conform to something so I wanted it to feel like a free space I wanted to feel like people were just like being them and doing what they wanted to do so hence a lot of feathers and um you know uh obviously some butch looks which I love you know that was like I'm all you know I'm, I'm heavily into that it's very sexy um and you know we had our drag queen Shaw that was also a custom build um but yeah I mean what we did is that we had background players too where I would be like hey are you purple wearing a dress and you know the guys were like sure I'll wear a dress and so we just kind of like each individual person, we just played off of who they who they were, and we just took it to like I feel like another level of like you know gorgeous things happening in in the bar and also at Bert's party, like just the colors and the sex and the sultry and like all of that was like so important to me to manifest. You know, it's like I feel like you know black people have like a certain vibe and like a certain sort of like. Um, just sexiness that comes out and so I wanted Mm -hmm. to make sure that that party felt like that you know so oh yeah yeah mission accomplished that was one sexy party I know right (laughs) yeah I was just I I loved it so yeah that episode and and Sabelle was the uh DP director of photography she just really like you know uh the clothes just feel vibrant. They just feel good. They just, you know, it's like you, 
yeah. I, it, it's beautiful. So, you know, I, 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 as you can tell, I'm very passionate about that episode. It's just, it's amazing. And I love the, like, you know, I love all the feelings. I have to mention Rosie O'Donnell. Yes. And she was I, a delight. Yeah. I love her. Yeah. <laughs> she was great. So Rosie, uh, I got to interview her for my other podcast and it was around the time that she was shooting. So she let us know that she was going to be a bartender at a, at a gay bar. And I remember seeing her post the selfies of her in costume and how happy she seemed, like how comfortable she was in that like because nobody's really dressed Rosie like that before and Rosie spent a lot of her career up until lately being made up in a way and I don't know it almost felt like like you yeah like finally somebody's really seeing Rosie you know and and not to say that she's not she's not dressing like that in in her day to day, but um, I can only imagine what that meant to her to come back to a league of their own. But in that role, getting not only to be an out married gay person or partnered gay person, because marriage of course wasn't legal at the time, um, but to be this like dapper daddy. Yeah. Um, you know, I just had a very clear vision of what I wanted Rosie to look like, you know, and um, I uh, I found uh, a ton of suits to, you know, just kind of figure out what what was gonna look the best and what you know she was gonna rock and feel like, you know, really uh, natural and organic. In. And uh, we got to the fitting, and she was like, "All right, show me what you got." And I showed her, and she was like, "So you want me to put that on?" And I was like, "Yeah." So she put it on, and she was like, "Yeah." And so like that, <laughs> that was one look down, and then she had you know one other look, and I was like, "Okay, well here's another one," and she was like, "Great." And I was like, "Is there anything else you'd want to try?" She's like, "No, you tell me. This I, this is great. You tell." And I was like, "Okay, great. You're gonna let me do it. All right." So you know, it was just it just was like one of those things that you get into fittings with some people, and they're just like, "All right, here I am. Let's do it." And it just flowed really well. And then she was in and out in like half an hour. Wow, <laughs> it was great. It was really great, and it, it felt right. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I'm trying to think what else. The, I mean, those were the the biggest moments that stood out for me. <laughs> me too. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I mean, I will say yeah. that like I've had a bunch of people contact me in regards to Greta's jumpsuit. Uh, she wears this really great jumpsuit that's vintage, um, and uh, it it's it's vintage. And everyone's like, "Where can I get that?" And I'm like. You got to go treasure hunting. You might find something right. at your store. I mean, um, so that I think is like uh, a favorite amongst fans. And um, I'm trying to think people really love uh, it. I've gotten a lot of questions about Bert's suits. And so that's oh, yes. exciting. Everyone yes. thinks that he looks so like good. So that's uh, extremely rewarding. Um, it, honestly, the the suits on Bert, I mean, I love... I love a suit. Yeah. I love a good suit. Mm-hmm. And and not like the suits, but also in episode eight, I believe, when he goes to talk to Tony and just like the casual, the like just got off the motorcycle look. Mm-hmm. It's like, hot. again, daddy vibe. Yeah. Hot, hot, hot zaddy. Like I so good. So good mm-hmm. uh, in building out this character and really... Um, brings it to life. I think I'm actually going to be interviewing Lee as well. So um, very excited to, I'm sure we'll be talking more about the class. (laughs) Yes, I'm sure. And again, (laughs) delight to work with, like just so into everything. So yeah. And uh, I just saw an article that was written up about him just saying that like, uh, I was trying to think what the the exact words were, but like the most trend-setting character on TV. Oh, groundbreaking. Ground, yeah, yeah, the most so, groundbreaking character yeah. on TV. So yeah. isn't that rad? It, I mean, I don't know. That just makes me feel like amazing that it's getting as much, you know, just getting the recognition, the recognition that it deserves. 
For sure. For sure. I'm forgetting the character's name, but the kind of makeup mogul uh, who runs the charm school and offers Greta the job. What is she wearing? Because she's, as we know, multimillionaire and everything. So wh- where are you getting her clothes? So those are actual suits from the 40s. Um, and again, that was like making sure that everything was perfect. We had the toe, the hats, the jewelry, uh, the shoes, everything. Um I actually rented uh, quite a bit of the clothing. We have some costume houses in LA. Uh, shout out to like Western Costume and to American Costume and to Warner Brothers Costume Department. Like they really worked with me and like um, I was able to rent some really great authentic voice pieces from there. So a lot of her clothing came from Western actually. I think a couple of those from Warner Brothers. So yeah, I mean, you know, finding those pieces and sourcing those pieces it, uh, like I said earlier, it's a treasure hunt, and it takes time. And uh, I, I'm just so proud of like how beautiful everything turned out. Are you fully prepared for all of the uh, Halloween costumes oh that you have gosh. inspired? <laughs> it's Are you ready for that Instagram dump? <laughs> right? I've had so many people reach out on Instagram about uh, what fabric I use because they wanted to recreate. And then your favorite red outfit Greta's outfit that was made for the pilot that's a custom build that they built you know people are like and I was like it's custom you're gonna have to make it you know so that's yeah. another one the jumpsuit the uniforms um and even the all-stars uniforms I've gotten like questions about which you know I really wanted the really wanted it to be the Creos but because I'm Creo but you know it ended up being the all-stars <laughs> um but it's uh yeah, I mean, I just, uh, I think that this Halloween is going to be all about a little around. It's going to be every lesbian bar. Like, we might as well just hold Halloween on the field because <laughs> it's just it. going to be. I love it. Yeah, the I mean, I, there, I can see it. Yeah, I hope everyone wears a baseball outfit. I hope everyone has a thirst trap outfit. I hope everyone wears a great yes. suit like Rosie. I mean, you know, I just think, like, uh, and it's going to be an instant read. People are going to be like, that's something around. Of course. Of course. I love it. Well, Tracy, this has been great. Thank you so much for letting me just nerd out about the costumes on this show. Uh, It's great. And I'm sure the listeners are going to love hearing more about it. And just fingers, toes, everything crossed for seasons two, three, four, five, six, seven. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's right. All of it. All all of it. Keep you busy. Keep you busy. Yes. Yes. Looking forward to it. (laughs) Um, thanks for having me on. Uh, as you can tell, I love talking about the clothes. So this is super fun yes. for me. I hope you win awards because Aww, <laughs> you thank should. Thank you so much. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. fingers crossed. Thanks again for listening. And remember to subscribe and rate five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can also follow the podcast at League of Their Own Pod on Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram at TGI Carolyn. I also co-host another podcast called Diking Out. And if that sounds like something you like to do or are curious about, give it a listen. Lastly, this is a relatively new podcast and very much independently produced. So if you like what you hear and you want to help cover the production costs, I would very much appreciate it. There's a link in the show notes for that. Thank you again and come back for some more recaps and behind the scenes episodes. Take me right back to the track.